This is God's word. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hands into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus said, told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. The word of the Lord. set up so that we wouldn't have to share mics and then uh, my, my uh, lapel mic ran out of batteries so I'm, I'm using Jen's mic now that it's done and we're both vaccinated so you know there you go thanks for reading Jen let's let's pray a moment as we listen to this passage from John chapter 20 heavenly God as your son Jesus breathed on the disciples with the Holy Spirit May you now, through your Holy Spirit, breathe understanding and challenge into our lives today. May you bring comfort and healing where needed. May you breathe um, inspiration and courage where needed. But may we all hear your voice as those disciples heard your voice. May we hear it today, speaking into our lives from your deep well of love. As we sit here, we know we're all more of a mess than we care to admit. And yet, your voice calls into our life through this long story of the Bible, saying over and over again that even though we're more of a mess than we care to admit, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus than we ever imagined. May we hear that today. And may we be comforted, challenged, inspired, sent on in your mission in this world. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So just real briefly on this fun passage. Sometimes it gets chopped up and looked at as two separate stories. 
but we're looking at it together and seeing how it's parallel vignettes. So a lot of things happening the same. The doors are locked twice. They're meeting together twice. Jesus appears. Even though the doors are locked, he appears twice. He says, peace be with you. So parallel stories. But then we're going to find a lot of meaning in how each of them ends. So what is Jesus saying at the end of each of these vignettes? And it basically gives us for our church today two words. And the first is urgency and the second is blessing. So first, urgency. Um, let's see. Let's see if I can do this with the wind. Otherwise, I'll just uh, kind of have to do a rough quote of what's going on here. I think I got it. So in the first vignette, Jesus closes with these words. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. It's tempting to try to make sense of that awkward sentence that it ends with, or those two sentences. It's tempting to try to make sense of it and just say, well, is it kind of how it sounds? Like a lot of people imagine that Jesus is saying to his disciples that as they go out, that their job is to like look at a crowd of people and go, hmm, forgiven, not forgiven, <laughs> forgiven, not, you know, as if they're, he's giving them some kind of amazing power um, to just be the deciders. And that, of course, doesn't square with anything else that we read in the New Testament or anything that Jesus said. And so I like, I like the theory that what's going on here, and this is always good when you're reading the Bible, is to just kind of tie it to the context and other things you see in the Bible is that Jesus has said right before that, as, I, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. At the end of each of the Gospels, not Mark, but of Matthew and Luke and the beginning of Acts, these post-resurrection encounters with Jesus, he's always presenting some urgency in terms of sending. And that's what's going on here. And I think the way to make sense of the second half of it with the forgiveness part is there's a whole world out there in great need of the forgiveness message. If you bring it to them, they will have it. If you don't, they won't. In other words, I'm intending to use you, the beginners of this thing that we now talk about as the church or the people of God or followers of Jesus. I'm intending to use you to bring that forgiveness to people. Don't expect it's just going to happen without you. Urgency. A sense in which um, I think it's, it's fun to think about it this way. It's clear that Jesus was able to appear and enter into a room with a locked door where the Jesus followers were meeting. But guess who can't do that? All of your friends and family and coworkers and neighbors who don't know Jesus' forgiveness yet. In other words, it's going to involve you opening the doors in some way. Enough of this, what happens a lot in our lives and in the world, of kind of keeping it to ourselves in one way or another. Or realizing that a lot of people get that funny look on their face when they hear that you go to church or that you believe in Jesus and it's tempting to just kind of draw away and say I don't want to face that awkwardness ever again so I'm going to keep it to myself and Jesus is saying to us no there's urgency I am going to use you to bring the forgiveness to those people in your life open up your doors 
invite people over, be praying for people, get involved in their life, at least as much as with those who you gather together with. And keep the doors unlocked in those gatherings. In other words, keep it, keep things understandable to those who don't yet believe. So that's vignette number one, the urgency. But Thomas wasn't there. And so the second thing is about Thomas, the second vignette. And it's clear, as the second vignette is going to give us the word blessing, but it's clear that um, Jesus is okay with doubt. He meets Thomas in Thomas's doubt. In a way, as Jesus is looking ahead to a church where people won't have the show and tell and touch and see, he's, he's, he's looking to us and he's saying, yeah, doubt is normalized in a way. I meet doubt. I'm okay coming to it meeting people in their doubt, and walking with them. Now, a lot of times in today's world, and I think rightly so, that we, we lean into this passage and we kind of stop there and we say, hey, doubters welcome, and that's true. But if you read on, there's a second part of it. There's the part where Jesus, after saying, you know, reach in and touch my side and touch my hand, there's a the part where he says, stop doubting and believe. And Thomas says, my Lord and my God. And then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus is simply looking ahead to a time when a group of people like this gathers together. And there's no one to raise their hand and say, I was there. You know, I saw him on the cross. I touched his hand afterwards. I was in that locked room. You're not going to believe it. The doors were locked. It happened twice. There's no one here with that kind of story. And so as we gather, whether you come with an ounce of faith and five tons of doubt, or vice versa, Jesus is saying, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. The very fact that you are here means that there is at least a thread, some little thread you haven't given up completely. There's a thread of faith, and Jesus is saying, blessed are you, every single one of you, for the faith, the seed of faith that I have put there. And if Jesus blesses something, that's a little bit like saying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna nourish that seed, I'm gonna pour water on it, I'm gonna make the soil as good, and I'm gonna eventually bring out all kinds of fruit from that seed of belief that I've planted. Let's pray. Our Heavenly God, please nourish the soil of our hearts and of our lives, that the faith that we have, mixed with all kinds of doubt perhaps, but that the faith that we have would be nourished and would come to fruition in our lives. Bless this church. May we live with a constant sense of urgency, not manipulation and trying to shove our pill down someone else's throat, but nonetheless, grace with urgency. And may we also live with a deep sense that what is happening here and the faith that is being shared here and encouraged here and nurtured here is your work. And you're going to bring it to fruition. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.